Hello, and welcome to the Wealthy Achiever Show. I'm your host, Dr. Lakeisha Simmons. And today I am so excited to share with you the authors of Cashing Out. You may know them really well as Rich and Regular, Julian and Kirsten Saunders. Cannot wait to dive into this conversation today because they have a new book out. And this book is different from other books. And I can't wait for you to understand why it's so important to cash out as we talk about fire and money and relationships. So stay tuned and let me go ahead and bring Julian and Kirsten to the stage. Hi. Hey. <laughs> hello. Hello. How are you? We are good. Can't complain. <laughs> Life is really exciting for you too. And what I love most is that you're married and you're on this journey together and you are spreading the good news about financial freedom and financial independence. So why don't you go ahead and share with our listeners and those who are watching on YouTube a little bit about who you are and why financial freedom is so important. Yeah, so we're Julian and Kirsten. We live in Atlanta. We've been married almost seven years and we are parents to a five-year-old son. And we found the FIRE movement, the Financial Independence Retire Early movement about almost 10 years ago mm -hmm. um, when we were in the middle of debt payoff and we were dating and we were talking about getting married. And um, at first when I found it, I was completely turned off by it. <laughs> I thought it was frugal. It was unnecessary, unnecessary frugality. I thought it was extreme. And a lot of it was because I was a classic high achiever. I took a lot of pride in my accolades and titles and, you know, ambitions, career ambitions. And so the idea that I would give that up early was just foreign to me. Luckily, Julian was a little more financially savvy at the time. And he was able to kind of talk me through how investing work, how um, what kind of life we could live if we kind of pursued this path. And so we agreed to do it and we paid off $200,000 of debt in five years. We did a little bit of stint as real estate investors. We started our blog to try to get more people who look like us interested in the movement and its possibilities. And now we're authors of a book called Cashing Out, which is our attempt to kind of spread the message even further by giving it a different use case than the one that most people you know, tend to default to. Wow. Okay. So there's so much to dive into there. Jillian, Julian, grab the book. Let's see the book. This is it. <laughs> Look at that. Cashing out. I love yeah. it. I love it. Cashing book out. Baby. <laughs> book baby. Yeah. It's a labor of love, right? <laughs> a labor of love. So, okay. So Julianne, tell me, so she, you, so she was kicking and screaming a little bit, right? And I understand it because what we've heard about the fire movement is that you have to be on beans and rice, even though I love beans and rice, but you have to be on beans and rice and you have to live extremely frugal and you can't enjoy your life. And, you know, and I, to be honest, my experience has not been that because I live a values-based life, right? I only, I spend money on things I value. And so if I don't value it and it doesn't help me with my long-term goals, I'll get rid of it. I won't pay for it. So Julian, explain to us how you were able to share the good news about this 
to Kirsten to help her get on board because there's a lot of couples who listen. And this is a big question. They want to know one person wants to do and one person doesn't. So share with us how that went for you too. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't, uh, as she said, like she wasn't sold on the idea uh, immediately. Um, and a lot of that had to do with how the idea was kind of defined and a lot of the stories that uh, that lifestyle were centered around. It didn't look desirable. Um, right. It didn't look familiar. Um, but I know her uh, enough to know that she's very rewards driven. And so it was really just a matter of saying, well, you know, here's the path that you believe that you're on, this path of you know, wanting to uh, keep working hard and hustle and getting to the next job, the next promotion, bigger paychecks and all of the perks that come with that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it does take away from other things. And so knowing who she was as someone who's very, who's very family focused, started thinking about, well, when do you think that you'll be able to do some of these things uh, while you're also having this sort of high powered career? Uh, and then the other thing was just kind of looking at like what we see in front of us, right? Like look up this organization and tell me where you see the ceiling, right? Where do you see uh, <clears throat> that there are just fewer and fewer people that look like you? And how do you think that factors into the likelihood that you will actually achieve some of the things that you set out to accomplish? And that's not to say that there's something wrong with wanting to be a uh, the first, but there's a cost to being the first. The cost of being the first is being the only, and that unlocks an entirely different set of issues and challenges that take away from some of the things that she was saying was important to her, like family and the mm. freedom to travel, and even just the ability to nurture the kind of relationship that we were having at the time and are still having now. And so it was really just a matter of saying, well, let's weigh the costs or the mm. pros and cons of one way of life compared to this other way of life. And let's just figure out a way um, to accomplish a little bit of both or just make a decision to transition away from one and into another. Um, and, and I think by showing her what she would gain by mm -hmm. just ultimately having freedom, not having to worry about money or even think about money um, the way that she was thinking about it now, I think uh, is ultimately what won her over. Awesome. So let's let's talk about that last piece, that mindset. Right. Because yeah. that that hinders so many people from even embarking on the journey. So yeah. let's first talk about your mindset with your debt payoff, because this summer I'm actually going to do a budget and debt payoff boot camp. Okay. Because that is such a barrier for so many people. They already say, well, I can't even think about retiring early or financial freedom is not for me because I already have all this debt and I, and I'm just going to live with this debt. But yeah. you paid off $200,000 in, what was it, five years mm -hmm. or so? So talk about the mindset. What, How were you able to do it mindset-wise? What, what made you say, I can do it and we're going to do it? Um, I, I, she may have a different response, but I actually think, you know, even when you were kind of talking a little bit about your own journey <clears throat> before we went live, a lot of it was very similar to what you were what you were explaining and going through. Um, and, and it's really, I think at some point, we owe it to ourselves to just do the math in terms of how much money we've actually earned or will be earning, let's say, over a decade. Um, and whatever that number is, when you look at that number and then compare that to how much you saved or what your net worth may be, like for most people, the, the, the difference between those two should actually be a little alarming, right? It's like, how is it possible that I've earned 
so much money uh, or am projected to earn so much money, but I have so little to show for it right now. And that will likely stay the same because I've not done certain things like saving or investing or, in our case, reducing debt or some combination of all of the above. Uh, and so that that was the big thing for me. But it was also, as I said before, looking um, looking up the organization, looking into our community uh, and thinking about how many people I knew that I could say were successfully retired. What did mm -hmm. they do to get there? Uh, and the reality was it was very, very few people. Most of the people that I knew that were retired were actually still working um, and not in a fulfilling way, like working because they absolutely had to, because they needed health insurance or because they really needed the supplemental income for any variety of, of reasons. And so it was really just a matter of looking at the data, looking at the world that I saw around me and saying, hey, there's a pretty good chance that if you do what all of those people have done, you're going to end up exactly where they are. And so you have to be willing to think differently. Uh, and sometimes those thoughts, those practices and those habits uh, aren't going to be in your community. You're not going to, you know, the, the same old thing will be reinforced by what you see every day. So you have to look outside. You have to do things like join boot camps with other willing people who are willing to think differently in order to kind of reboot your mindset and create a different set of normal behaviors and habits. And I think that's like the key. I'm glad you're doing that because like that is the key yeah. to making it feel possible. It's like when you're surrounded by people who are doing it or in the process or who have done it, it doesn't feel like such a foreign idea. I think for me, one of the thoughts that gave me a lot of empowerment and motivation when we were paying it off was the easiest way to get a raise was to give myself one. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about every debt that I paid off, whether it was a credit card, a car note, a tax bill, a student loan, whatever it was, I thought of it as giving myself a raise. And I worked as hard at it as I would preparing for interviews or learning new skills in order to get different jobs. And I was doing that stuff too, but I, I energetically was putting the same amount of effort into getting this monkey off on my back so that I could feel when I did get a raise at work, I could feel like the dual power of having no debt and also earning more at work. That is that is really, truly the key. And once you get on fire about it, right, of <laughs> paying something <laughs> off and every every extra that you get, like you said, is dual power is extra momentum towards paying that off. And it is satisfying. I want people to know that. I know when you look at a huge debt, you say to yourself, oh, I'm never going to pay this off. And I know a lot of people who, who have, you know, six figures of debt and they just say, oh, there's, I'm just not even going to worry about it because I'll never be able to pay that off. Well, you won't if that is the mentality. But if you just make that adjustment to say, I can do this and I'm going to go all in with mm -hmm. doing it. I can actually accomplish anything. I can accomplish anything mm -hmm. that I want in life if I'm willing to put in the effort and if I have the faith in myself. Yeah. And you have to admit to yourself that you don't know what you're like without debt right? You don't know that person yet. Give your give yourself a chance to meet them. I think it's hard because people assume that they'll have the same thoughts and feelings when they have debt versus when they don't. And it's like, no, your brain literally changes in, in the process 
And I think I can't I can never remember who said this, but somebody said describing debt freedom is like trying to describe what salt tastes like. <laughs> so imagine if you've been eating unseasoned food your whole life and then you get some that's seasoned, you get a little salt in the chicken, a little, a little extra. Right. And it's like, oh, is that what chicken's supposed to taste like? Like, dang. And it's like, yeah. many people have been trying to tell you your food is under season. It don't matter because you don't know any different. Right. And so like, you kind of have to go through the process. It's, it's a bit of a fight club. Like you learn it by going through it. And that's the problem with debt payoff is that so many of us rarely get to experience it because the debt engine of the United States starts as like a teenager, right? If you go to school, if you go to college and, and you have to take out a loan, we're so, we're so foreign to this idea of, of not needing an advance either from a mortgage company or from a student loan company or from our government in whatever form to experience the next milestone in life. And so when you talk about retirement, which is really the only milestone that does not give you some kind of loan that you can take out. There's social security, but that's a totally different, like that's a different conversation. The, there's the idea that America has a pension plan of social security that you can borrow from once you're, or take from once you're retired. But generally speaking, there's no mortgage you can take out if you wanna retire that helps you subsidize your life for the next 30 years. There's no student loan that you can take out that helps you pay for this thing that's gonna get you to the next level. You have to save for retirement, you have to, that's the only option. And so like wrapping your head around those mindset shifts that like no one's coming to rescue you when it comes to your ability to get mm -hmm. off the work treadmill, hamster wheel, whatever it's called. Exactly. <laughs> it helps you say like, oh, I'm all I got. Like we all we got. So the more you delay it, the, the more likely it is you're gonna have a tough time figuring out when to quit. Yeah. Facts, facts, as they say. For sure, because I think it was Keisha Blair. I don't know if you know Keisha Blair, but she has a phenomenal story about financial freedom. And she was on the podcast um, a few months ago. And I'll never forget that she said, even if you you're not on board with this whole retiring early or being financially free before 65, you really need to get your ducks in a row because studies show that about every 10 years when you become an adult there's going to be some type of crisis financially something's going to happen whether somebody gets sick somebody passes away a job loss or this or that something happens and you need to be financially free or have a great amount of wealth to overcome that her husband passed away they had just had a newborn baby and he was working all day long and he wasn't feeling well at all. He was calling her through in a day. Oh, I just don't feel well, but I have all these analysts that need me to check their work today. So I'm, I'm going to go to the doctor as soon as I get off work. Mm -hmm. So he was suffering all day. And that evening when he left work, he called her and he said, Keisha, I'm going directly to the emergency room. Meet me there. She met him there. And three hours later, she was walking out with all of his things and wow. he, he did not come home with her. Wow. And that, for, thank God, they had been on a journey of financial freedom. So even though they were still working, they were pretty much financially free. Mm -hmm. And so that was she was able to mourn in peace, not having it wouldn't want to have to go back to work or she just quit her job mm -hmm. and took the children. They went abroad live for a year just to heal mm -hmm. yeah. 
And so I tell people all the time, I know you look and say, oh, financial freedom. I, I, I don't mind working. I like my job. Or, you know, I've heard it all, right? Yeah, I've heard it all. I like, I like my job. And at the, but at the end of the day, it's not even about how much you like your job. Yeah. Because anything can happen. And if you're not prepared for, for whatever that catastrophe may be, then you're really doing a disservice to yourself today. Your, your, your future self will thank you if you start investing, whatever it is, even just saving. Let's just start with saving. If you're yeah. not comfortable with the stock market yet or you're not really familiar with real estate investments yet or you don't want to start a business yet, just build up a five-figure, build up a six-figure savings if that's what makes you comfortable. But do something. Take some sort of action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah, we we talk about that. It's almost like you got an early copy of, of our book. <laughs> oh. We talk about things like that, and it, it really highlights how um, irrationally optimistic Americans are. Like we're very, very optimistic people, and so let- we like to think about that, but we are very optimistic people, almost to our detriment, because we always feel that you know we'll we'll have the energy, yes. that we'll be able to make up for it in the future, or that things will work itself out. And some of us tap into our faith and we sort of use that to add an additional layer of optimism. And sometimes we do that to the detriment mm-hmm. of actually planning and preparing for these catastrophes. And you said that may happen, or they will happen mm-hmm. to your yeah. point, uh, whether it's every 10 years. For some people, it rains even more and heavier than that. Uh, that is the reality. And that's what we should actually be preparing for. Let's talk about this book. So those of us in the culture, we've heard of cashing out. We know. Yeah. <laughs> let, let's, uh, let's, you know, for the audience, we have a diverse audience. So we want everyone to understand the, the meaning. Tell us the meaning of cashing out and tell us about some of the chapters in there, what people are going to learn and what this book is going to help them do. Why they, why they need to get it and tell us, you know, the date. So I'm going to bring you up and let you go all in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we were both jumping to answer the question. Um, so cashing out is, again, a term we're all familiar with. It's about knowing when you're winning. And really, the premise of the book is flipping what winning looks like in a career uh, perspective. If you are a person of color or a Black person or a marginalized identity, winning is actually, we think of winning as you know being able to get the big job or the promotion, but winning in today's labor market is actually being able to walk away on your own terms, being able to quit when you're ready, being able to leave any toxic situation that's not serving you, or even if it's serving you and you're just done with it, just being able to leave. And so the book is about building that use case for financial independence. It's it's saying that everybody deserves the opportunity to quit a job, to decide that I don't need to be here. It is one thing to choose to want to be here. For all the I love my job people, that's great. It's another thing to feel like you have to be there. And what we're trying to do is get more people to the hump of feeling like they don't have to be there. It's different from retirement. I'm not saying you don't ever have to work again, but you should be able to cash out of any situation that's not serving you anymore. And so in the book, it's kind of divided into two parts. The first part is talking about a lot of the stuff we covered at the beginning, the mindset shifts needed to adopt this way of thinking, because that's not how we were all brought up. That's not how the market continues to condition us. And it's not how the government has set up a lot of the benefits that we're all used to, whether it's healthcare or a 401k plan, right? 
So we have to do some unlearning before we jump right into the tactics, which is the second part of the book where we talk about the interpersonal uh, conflicts that you're going to come up with. So there's an investing chapter where we talk about what to say when you've got a family friend who might be your uh, financial advisor, or you've got cousins or moms who may need your help or have a business proposition for you. We talk about that conflict. We talk about relationships. We have a whole chapter on relationships. If you're struggling to have productive money conversations with your partner, we have a chapter on building community um, because that to us is the secret uh, secret weapon, the superpower of any financial journey is having a community beyond just your known friends and family to encourage you along the way. And then we have a chapter for the skeptics. We have, we have a chapter uh, at the end saying, what if we're wrong? And we talk about like, even if we're half wrong, you're still in a better position than most of the country, right? You're still most of the world, most of the world right? And so the merits for doing this aren't to hit some number, aren't to like buy the best bag or the best car. If that's your motivation, great. But really it's about creating a safety net so that you have an opportunity to enjoy your one life here without being at work all the time. I can't wait to get my copy. Maybe I'll get a gift copy in the mail, but Absolutely. I'll buy it anyway. Uh, <laughs> because it's important. And I've read pretty much all the books out there mm -hmm. have to do with anything with wealth building, financial freedom, financial independence, retiring early. And I've been waiting on one from, from our demographic that can speak to the things that we have specifically dealt with that will help those who look like us overcome the mentality. And we know that our mentality is not our fault. It's come from years of oppression and years of what our ancestors went through. And we have a lot to overcome. So I'm really excited about this book. I'm excited for you too. This gives me the chills. I love it. I love Black love. Uh, I love what you're doing to expand the money conversations. You have a blog, Rich and Regular. You have a series, documentary series, that you go to, to different cities and you have these dinner conversations. So um, I want you to tell people where they can watch the show. Where, where can they watch your show? Yeah, so the show <clears throat> is called Money on the Table. Um, and it is um, another one of our ideas that we just really love because what it does is it helps to, I think, make some of these difficult conversations or topics a little bit more entertaining. Uh, in season one, we did it in the early days of the pandemic where we would basically cook a meal and then have a financial and career-related conversation over dinner. Uh, in season two is when we actually took the show on the road and we traveled to a bunch of different cities, met up with some of our money friends and experts and had those conversations with them while supporting uh, Black-owned businesses along the way. And so that was uh, really, really cool. Uh, season three, I hope, will be on a network, right? And so we're working with a production company. We're having conversations with networks right now to see uh, if we can help take this show to the next level. When we think about uh, the impact that we want to have, quite honestly, we have the privilege of being able to write this book and having it distributed and available um, you know, wherever books are sold for the most part. Um, but we know that not everyone's going to buy a book. Not everyone wants to read a book, right? And that's fair. We have the audio book, but there's some people who are more visual. Um, and quite honestly, um, Americans 
value entertainment, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I think about the impact that we want to have with that show, but really any of our ideas, is really about embracing the power of media, whether it be social media or mass media, uh, to have the similar impact on uh, people who may be interested in science that a Carl Hagen or a Neil deGrasse Tyson may have had, or Bill Nye, mm -hmm. or if you think about the impact that LeVar Burton had with reading Rainbow on literacy rates, like the impact that Anthony Bourdain had mm -hmm. on people's interest to travel to places and try foods that they would have never been willing to try before. And so that's the world that we want to play in. That's where we think we have an opportunity to help um, offer some valuable perspective, but also to do it, to your point, for the culture. Like, there's never been a better time uh, for us to create some of these ideas. And so we're really fortunate to have uh, partners in mass media that are, that are trying to help us to make that a reality. I love it. And you will have a show and it will be a hit. And I hope you, I hope you don't forget all of us little people here who love you. <laughs> you come to um, Nashville, Tennessee, and, and, and you're going to show us around and take us to some good restaurants. And we'll oh, talk yeah. about, you know, oh, yeah. you and your community. But, um, yeah. you know, hey, yeah. and, and you ain't no little people, by the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're doing your thing out there, too. Yeah. So it's, it's really, really awesome. And, um, yeah. you know, we, we love that because to your point, like, we, we need this, right? Mm -hmm. you know, like, we do. This. Um, we are so underserved we're completely online. underserved uh, in every in every aspect, aspect of, really of yeah and so we all play a part i think in helping to um reshape what the trajectory of wealth for our community uh and really just everyday americans looks like and so mm -hmm. it's a privilege to do this kind of work to help change people's lives and um yes. we're, we're, we're happy to be in the fight with you you know in addition yes. to everyone else out there that is in their own unique way um, trying to help people kind of catch on or catch fire, if you will, mm -hmm. to, to really think about like what type of broader impact on the world that this movement could have. Absolutely. And for me, it really is important to share the knowledge, to let people mm -hmm. know what's possible and to give them the tools and the steps to even attempt to not necessarily mimic it, but to chart their own journey right yeah, yeah. so everybody's journey is different my number is now your number and it's at and really to be honest at a certain point we're past what a number is it, it truly is about how you want to spend your time and what you want to do with your life and i love how you two have decided that this is what we want to do with our lives because you you had what were your careers before you really went full-time with the blog we were both in a brand. Well, he was in a brand role and I was in a marketing role within a hospitality company. Okay. So for our listeners, that that's a, those are careers that we know we've seen oh, yeah. we know people who have those careers. So those are everyday working careers, mm -hmm. but they decided to pay off their debt, get on a fire journey. But what I want everybody to realize here is not always an end goal of just retiring, hanging up your hat and you're done, but it's about how now do I want to spend my time? Who do I truly want to serve? And mm -hmm. so for me, it's the same. I quote unquote early retired, but I still do coaching here. I still do this podcast, this show. I want to do a boot camp to help those who really want to understand their budget better and pay off debt. And this is just because now I have the time 
to spend my time how I want, to make the impact that I want, take my children to school, make their breakfast. I have a new husband, you know, and he helps out a lot. So we do a lot of things with our boys. We take them on trips. I get to work out every day. I get to cook healthy meals, things that I wasn't always able to do when I was at that 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and driving yeah. in the commute and only had weekends and trying to manage vacation time. So it's not even always about the number, you know, the complete emphasis on the number. Obviously, you need to know where at what point you can cash out and go just simply live your life and do the things that are impactful. But it doesn't mean that your life ends. It yeah. just means your life is now more open. Your yeah. life is full of more freedom and more experiences. And you don't have that weight and worry about money that I think that's the, the huge takeaway from he, from this conversation today is how do you want to spend your time? How do you want to spend your life? Be ready to cash out at the moment that job or that career no longer serves you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we, we've spoken a little bit about uh, children, right? And, and mm-hmm. making their breakfast or being able to do things for me. The dream is at some point taking my son on a cross country trip so he can actually see some of the things uh, in real life and touch them that he's only been able to see on television. But I think one of the things that often gets missed as we start talking about one of the perks and the benefits of this uh, from an interpersonal standpoint is also being there with or for your parents during their their aging years, right? Um, Your parents are getting old if you still have parents, right? And so you really want to be able to be there. They may actually need your help, right? Um, and I think a lot of people uh, don't really think about that until they're actually forced to deal with it. So let's say, you know, mom or dad, you know, gets hit with a bad diagnosis. Now that's when it triggers people that, wow, I, I have a choice to make, you know, in terms of, am I going to take this business trip or am I even going to take this job that's going to potentially take me away from being here uh, versus wanting to spend some time and actually being there for our parents and considering so many of us are actually financially responsible for those parents. I think that's just one of those um, unspoken uh, conflicts, but also uh, dilemmas that a lot of people are struggling with that I think financial independence and even just the pursuit of it can actually help you, right? You can, ha- you may put yourself in a position where if you find out that your parents are, are only half a year, and I hate to sort of trigger any memories for yeah. people who may be struggling with that, but this is something that a lot of people deal with you have an option to say, this is what I want to do with the next six months of my life. I want to just be there for her, right? And it doesn't have to be your parents. It could be any loved one, right? And so it, it's it's so much greater than just the ability to buy nice things or mm-hmm. the sort of joy that comes from looking at a, a, a net worth, uh, you know, calculation or the, the growing value, or in this case of, a, you know, a, hiccup market you know like actually a declining value but it's a privilege to be able to say that you've lost a lot of money uh, in the market over the last couple of days and so these are things that to to kirsten's point you don't start to really understand until you're already in it and so the journey starts with learning it then continues with building relationships and community with other people but it continues as you start to create your own comfort levels with the ups and downs and 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 when life really starts to punch you in the face like that is a part of the learning experience and i think the longer you're in it the more you start to realize that um it, it's 
it's it's it's so great to 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 be able to kind of embrace those moments and to not just be restricted to the fact that I still have to get up and go to work the next day. Like if you have that option, if you've earned that privilege, it is one of it's one of life's greatest joys. Yeah, I was just about to say another another benefit is that now we get to pick our hard. Right, it's mm -hmm. all hard. Saving is hard. Working is hard. It's all hard. But when I was traditionally employed, I didn't get to pick what was my heart. I got it handed down from a manager. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I was doing things. I remember when I was pregnant and interviewing for a job and I was hiding the fact that I was pregnant. That was hard. It didn't feel hard at the mm -hmm. time. It felt normal. But now that I'm where I am now, I can look back and be like, can you imagine going through the happiest moment of your life and not feeling like you can share that with your colleagues or feeling like it may ruin the chances of you getting a promotion that you know you deserve, right. right? So now to Julian's point, when things come up, I get to choose like, oh, it's gonna be hard to see my mom sick or to figure out how to balance this caretaking need on top of the other things that I wanna do, but I'm going to choose to do that because it's valuable to me. And I think that's another kind of unspoken benefit is just the idea of like, regardless of whatever path you take, it's gonna be hard. like. Yes, parts of life are easy and then other parts are hard. You either deal with the hard of not knowing how your bills are going to get paid, not knowing if you're going to be able to afford housing long term, not knowing how health insurance is going to factor into your overall financial plan. Or you pick the hard that says, you know what, today I'm not going to eat out. Today I'm going to start a side hustle that may take three or four years mm -hmm. to actually bear fruit. But like I'm willing to do that hard work now versus waiting until I don't have a choice in what kind of hardships I, I, I experience. You two are preaching today <laughs> because and you, you're step, you're definitely stepping on some toes today because every, 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 I do the wealthy achiever program every couple of months that I'll take a group of women and work with them. And every single time during that period, something happens to someone's parent, mm -hmm. either passed away unexpectedly or mm -hmm. took a fall and now they have to go travel and take care of them or um you know maybe a house is going in foreclosure my mom's house going in foreclosure now i have to i'm sorry i have to take off and go do this and this speaks to the the achieve her part right as a woman kirsten you can speak to this men and women both help with this but as as women since we're typically more nurturing side we feel we feel a, we we bear a, a lot of that on our hearts and yeah. we say okay i gotta go i gotta go right now and i know i've done it with my mother my grandmother i remember my grandmother had a heart attack i stopped what i was doing i didn't even pack a bag i got in the car and i was gone right mm -hmm. so we we want to be ready for those things and you're right julian our parents are aging both of my parents right now are down health wise and having to get ecogram i can't never say that word but <laughs> cardiograms or whatever things i haven't had to deal with before right yeah. and they're having to have all these different procedures and things and so yes we want to be ready and just to kind of sum this up and i'm gonna let you wrap up and tell us when we can get your book but I just want to share that everything you said is so spot on because the reason why I 
pulled the trigger and left my work is because I had a medical emergency and it it was life or death. And I it came out of nowhere is what I thought. Right. And I was hospitalized and I it, it, it was. So we talk about our parents, but it could be you. Yeah, it, be, it, it literally was me. And I I haven't talked about what happened yet. At some point, I probably will. But that I was so thankful to God that I had been putting away money and I had accumulated all this wealth. And because it made the decision to not go back to work so easy because my doctor was like, you don't you really don't need to go back to work. Yeah. But if you need the money, you, you're going to have to go. And I said, yeah. just write the note. I'm not going back. And luckily, I had a partner who told me because I was really on the fence about it. And he said, why would you go back to a stressful environment? Why, mm-hmm. why would you when you literally were in ICU for five days? Why would you go back and put yourself through stress when you don't even have to? And yeah. at, at that point, I was like, wow, this is mindset one-on-one again, because even though I'm a millionaire, I'm still sitting here thinking I need this job when I don't. And my health is at jeopardy. Oh. So I was able to walk away and it was the best decision of my life because now I can focus on my mental health. I can focus on my physical health and my spiritual health. And I'm still able to be a mom, be a wife and went out with my girlfriends yesterday on a Monday, you know, I would have never done that when I was working all late at night. I was like, I got to get in bed. I got to get up early. And so whatever your, whatever your, your path to freedom needs to be, map it out. Those who are listening, if you need help, get the book, (laughs) Julian Kirsten, tell us when is cashing out coming out? Cashing Out will be out and available to the world on June 14th, which is a Tuesday. We are super excited. You can find it anywhere books are sold. It's a great gift item for a new grad in your life. Or if you have, if you know a man who's a father and they already have everything, you know, some men are just notoriously hard to buy for. This this is a great book for the man who has everything and maybe still doesn't have their time yet. So it's a, you know. We hope that you read it and enjoy it. And it was a joy to write and we hope that you love it. And so where can the listeners and those who are watching on YouTube, where can they go to find you online? Yes, our website is richandregular.com. We're also on social media, mostly on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, I think there's also a Pinterest page floating around, <laughs> but we are not on TikTok, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, that's where they can find us. And that's pretty much where all of the latest and greatest from books to video content to the book tour, where we'll be traveling the country. Again, uh, all of those things and stories will be told uh, and will live at richandregular.com. So excited for you. I, I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy. And everybody knows I always get emotional on these calls. They know me and I'm a crier, but I didn't cry today. (laughs) But I, my heart is truly full. I'm so, so very happy for you because I've been following you for a while. 
I Thank mean, following you. you, the rich and regular. I mean, when you were still working, I was following oh, wow. you. Yeah. So, yes. So yeah, you're day one. <laughs> hey, I'm a day one. I'm a day one. And that has helped inspire me on my journey. And this show today is going to inspire so many others who have been thinking, ah. That's not for me. They're going to see today that it is for them. So thank you for being a light. Really appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you so much. And, and we're so happy to see everything that you're doing and, yeah. and growing your brand and your platform and just helping people. So that's that's amazing. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. I honestly do. Thank you so much.